What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Four Verse Podcast. Uh, this episode is going to be looking forward to Week Three matchups, which for this podcast is kind of cool because all of our teams are playing each other. Um, so you'll get to listen to us go into those matchups and break down um, kind of both sides of it. Uh, and then after that, we're just going to go into some picks for some other notable games around college football. So thanks for tuning in. Let's get it. Week three. This is a big week, um, particularly for the boys of the podcast here, because it's Clemson versus Georgia Tech and South Carolina versus Georgia. Um, yeah, I guess we'll just go ahead and we'll go ahead and jump right in to uh, we'll go with the ACC matchup, Georgia Tech versus Clemson. Yeah, I mean, Sam, if you want me to kick it off, I can just give you my two cents and then let you uh, take it home from there. Um. You know, last last year, obviously, uh, was pretty damn lopsided. I think it was like 73-7, something at that point, um, which is just – it was pretty embarrassing. But I'm not sure how uh, different we are as a team compared to last year. I mean, I think we're much more disciplined and stuff. But obviously, I don't think the score will get to that point. Trevor was able to just open it up quick, just score quick, and then – um, we weren't able to really stop anybody from there. Kind of seemed like everybody just gave up. But um, hopefully uh, Joel Alsterine doesn't have any uh, kind of vendetta again this year like he did last year. Uh, Dabo was he, – he was proving a point last year. He doesn't like Jeff. So, um, you know, hopefully that's not a thing. Um, I was looking at just different position – the position groups, and obviously, you know, we're, we're on the, the, the wrong end of every position group when it comes to talent. But I think it's interesting if you look at quarterback play as of right now, and I'm not insinuating that this directly cor- correlates to, to who's better, but um, DJ's thrown for 349 this year, one touchdown pass, two interceptions. Um, obviously, you know, one of those games is against an elite defense. Uh, we have not played one of those defenses. But, I mean, I think we can all agree, South Carolina State, Kennesaw State, probably on the same talent level. Um, or not far off from each other. Um, and, and last week, DJ was four, 14 to 24. Uh, so he completed at 58% for 171 and a touchdown and an interception. Um, Jordan, Jordan was 17 for 23, 70, 74% um, with four touchdown passes. They're both, they're, both their long was 39, a reception for 39. So I think it is interesting to see um, against that competition that, you know, at, at, in terms of just that game and that, that level of competition, Jordan, Jordan played better. Again, not saying that's a, that's directly correlating to him being a better quarterback. Cause obviously we, we know DJ's the better quarterback prospect and overall the better quarterback, but um, you know, hopefully there's a little bit uh, still to that, 
Jordan can maybe outplay uh, DJ a little bit. I think obviously both of us struggle on offensive line a little bit. Um, obviously, I, I still think ours is on, on the lower end of theirs. I think we're slightly behind them, to say the least. Um, Devin Cochran's really holding his own at left tackle. But other than that, we're dealing with guys that are injured. We're swapping a lot of guys. So that's not ideal for a front unit. So I think running, ball, running the ball is going to be tough. Um, I like our running backs matched up against, you know, their running back room. Obviously, theirs is really talented, but I think Jameer is one of the best backs in the league. And then Dante is really explosive with Jordan in there. He's a good, reliable back. Um, I think Jemias is still going to be deemed not playing much. Um, outside of that, you can throw it all out the window. We're not ta more talented in any facet of the game than Clemson is. So it's an uphill battle from there. Um, offensively, we're going to have to just spread the ball around, see what we can do, see if we can kind of spread their defense out a little bit because that uh, our offensive front against their defensive front is going to be probably brutal. Last year, like I went back and watched on uh, the, the, the film breakdown of Jameer running the ball against Clemson, and like he had some really good runs, but the guy was having to do – everything himself to get eight yards I mean he was having to break three tackles make two guys miss it was just a lot a lot to it so um, I'll be interested to see what what Dave's game plan is um, I think hopefully we can break that that first touchdown um, break that seal on Clemson's defense I mean I think we have to be able to score at some point to just, I, I just personally want to see us play competitively. I, I don't expect us to keep it within three scores or anything, but um, nothing like last year. Um, defensively, hopefully we have a plan. Um, keep, keep pressure on DJ like other teams have been able to do this year. Uh, you know, I think maybe we'll get Keon White. Uh, he was supposed to be our best pass rusher, obviously broke his ankle in the spring. Uh, hopefully we get him back. And this past week, we didn't really get to get a lot of the pass rushing defensive ends in the game going again. I mean, you can just scrap that whole game plan against the triple option. So hopefully we'll get them in the game. Um, they'll get after the quarterback a little bit more. Northern Illinois, we weren't able to get any pressure on the quarterback, which is just absurd. But a lot of our best pass rushers didn't play, come to find out. So um, hopefully we can get them in the game and kind of uh, put some pressure on DJ and affect him in that aspect. Uh, I, I mean, I like us at cornerback. I like our secondary, the way they're playing a little bit right now this year. We're still not playing the ball great in the air, but DJ, he, he's been known to make a mistake, especially right now. So, you know, hopefully um, we have a good game plan. I thought the first year we played Clemson in the first quarter and a half, we had a really good game plan. Um, Trevor threw a pick, almost a pick six. And then at the end of their game, Trevor was like, you know, they, they had a good plan at first. They, they did some things that we had not seen. And I, I feel like we really just kind of got away from some of those exotic things. Um, and I'm not sure why. We haven't really seen any of that since. Um, but I'm hoping, you know, Jeff's got a good game plan. So we can at least keep it close to them. I mean, last year we scored a touchdown on a long play and we turn around the very next play and give up a, a long play to Clemson. And it's just like you can't get any momentum. So in a game like that, you just – you got to limit those explosive plays, um, you know, keep it, keep it competitive. And I think that'll kind of tell us where we are as a program. If we go out there and get blown out by 45, um, things would be pretty down. If you go out there and lose by, you know, 14, 21 points, things looked all right. You moved the ball all right. 
you know, you gave DJ some problems. Um, you didn't let him just run the ball down your throat. And I think he got some things to build on. So it's kind of where I'm at going into it this week. Uh, Sam can probably give you a little bit better picture about where Clemson is. So. Um, I think a lot of the things that you brought up there are valid. Um, but I also think that as far as the tech defensive line is concerned, I think while you have depth there, the size is just an issue. Whereas for us, I feel like we not that not that we perform well against any defensive line, but I think if there is one um, that I would rather face, it would rather be athletes than size. Um, and I feel like Tech is more on the athlete side right now. Um, once you get oh. guys like Horace Lockett and all them in the middle, and you're you're running everybody looking like Zeke Biggers, then it would be more of an issue, and I think more of a consistent pressure opportunity. Um, yeah, I, I think but, I, I, not to interrupt, but I mean, our, our main guys playing right now are definitely a lot bigger. You got a kilo stone that's six six three twenty five, and then you got. Um, Daquan Dallas, which is 6'6", 315 maybe. I mean, we've we've definitely beefed up Jared Ivey, our main defensive end that's playing. He's, he's probably 6'7". Um, he's a beefy dude. So I, we've definitely beefed up. And last year, um, I mean, we still got those rotational guys. Like Jaquan Griffin's obviously a smaller guy. TK Tremezzo's not yeah, I'm, huge. I'm thinking of more of more of him. And obviously Jordan Dominic's probably, what, 240-something? Yeah, but – yeah, he's, he's more of your, your weak side defensive end, just pass rushing kind of guy, though. Um, right, ideally, right. And, ideally. and I, I'm, more, I'm more talking about, like, pass rush. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not – not to say that I'm not worried about it because I don't feel all that confident in our offensive line. Um, but I think because we, we lack the horizontal threat right now, I think Tech is going to have plenty of opportunities to rush four, five, six guys and really pin their ears back. Um, so for me, the only way that you can really mitigate that is just by trying to run our offense in the sense that you're going to run like power zone traps, counters. I mean, you're going to have to you're going to have to impose your will up front, um, and not to say that I think Tech is not going to be up to the challenge, but I also feel like it's more of a if you know, I think if Tony Elliott's willing to to push the envelope, then eventually we're gonna open it up because uh, we have we are deep at running back. I feel very comfortable with the top three guys: Pace, Shipley, um, and Lynn J. Dixon, who's in the doghouse right now, apparently. Um, but I also think more so than anything, um, it's about quarterback play. Ultimately, your offense lives and dies by the guy that takes a snap. And I think DJ at this point is just, I think he's taken enough live snaps now in the past couple of weeks to, to get to a point where he is starting to settle in in the next week or so. Um, and I think more, the biggest part right now that I see with him, there's a lot of footwork issues. There's a lot of, um, I think where he isn't decisive and then sort of has that deer in the headlights look and just sort of throws one. Um, but I think the biggest thing as far as accuracy is concerned, aside from the footwork, is the fact that he doesn't know how to pace the ball. Um, any good quarterback knows how to make each throw. And right now, DJ has one pitch, and it's 100 miles an hour down the middle. Um, so 
I think trying to get that reined in is going to be a big deal for him because if we can run the ball effectively and and protect him well, uh, I think we're going to have opportunities to to let our guys at receiver run down the field and and try and get some chunk plays, which I think DJ for what he lacks in the intermediate accuracy, I think deep ball thus far, I think he's looked good. I think when he gets a chance to unload it, that's where he's more comfortable, frankly. Um, it's like he's almost better off making a throw 35 yards to the opposite hash than he is to make one eight yards to the near side. Um, he's less likely to sail it, but I mean, that's, I don't, I don't know what the deal is there, but I've, I think if we can stretch the defense, um, then it'll open up some underneath. And another thing I've noticed going back and watching is that we're a whole lot more multiple in formations than we have been in the past couple of years. And I don't know if it's because we finally gotten to a point where we realize, okay, we don't have Travis Etienne. And if he's not sitting in the backfield, then, I mean, teams have to commit. When he's standing back there, you have to commit. Like you got to put guys in the box because he's he's a threat to take it the distance. Uh, so I think when when he's not back there, we've we've gone five wide. We put the tight end in the slot. We've gone no tight end, four or five wide receiver sets, um, running backs out wide, running backs in the slot. Um, but thus far, that's just been sort of like eye candy. We haven't really done anything out of it. It's more so just been like to put it on tape to make defenses kind of aware that it's something we'll do. Um, but like I said, I don't think we've really used it to, to create any advantageous matchups. Um, and I think offensively, it's just about, we can, we can overwhelm any team in the ACC with talent. It's just a matter of if we can game plan smart enough to really put our guys in a position to, to do what we did last year and put them in space and, 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 and give guys, you know, spots to go make plays um but defensively I think I think I think Tech has a lot of good things going offensively obviously I'm I'm very fond of Jameer Gibbs uh Dante Smith a friend of the pod um high on him I think I think Jameis Griffin is a is a hell of a running back I think Jordan Mason is a good guy um but I feel like your two downhill types and, and, and Griffin and Mason running those guys into the teeth of the front seven, probably a lost cause. It's probably, it's probably, I mean, it just, I, I don't see those guys getting loose. Um, but I do see Dante Smith, who at this point has to be like the yards per carry leader in tech history. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's, he, I mean, every time he touches the ball, he goes for 20 yards, it seems like. Um, so finding ways to get Jameer Gibbs involved as a receiver, he's, he's got five catches for 61 yards through the first two games. Jameer Gibbs hasn't been in the end zone yet, um, yeah. which is interesting. It's, it's, um, it's been like, like if you go and watch a lot of – and you break down a lot of these runs where he's breaking them for 15 He's, he's getting y'all in the red zone, and then you kind of sub him out. That's what yeah. it seems like. He's yeah. toting and you then, down the field, and then he gets tired. And then, or yeah, um, well, well, the first game we absolutely rode him into the ground. But like, if you watch and break down the film, our offensive line is not doing a terrible job at the initial blocks. But like, when we're double teaming guys, and then guys are supposed to be, you know, chipping and getting to that second level, it's always that second level block that's catching him, or like he that's he'll he'll break one for twelve yards if if you know your center gets just even the slightest chip. 
on next on that second level he's to the house so it's like he's 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 right there you know like we're, we're right there on busting just he I mean he's had he had three or four in Kennesaw State that should have gone to the house if you go back and watch the film and if if you can get to those second level blocks now I think that's gonna be a lot tougher on Clemson because if you can't do it against those first two teams you know that y'all are a hell of a lot more athletic in the especially at the linebacker position so um but yeah it is strange to see him not in the end zone thus far when Dante's got Dante's got one Jordan's got two I think so yeah I mean it's just it's just interesting when you go back and look at the box score and you see that he's by far the most heavily used player on the offense um and he hasn't hasn't found pay dirt yet um but Going back to what you said, as far as the recaps concerned, I think Jordan Yates is far superior to Sims. Like I, 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 I don't really think it's close. I think when he's out there, he's not in the sense that he's running through progressions and looking to hit the big play, but that he seems more decisive. If, if he doesn't like what he's got passing, he's he's taken off. Um, and I think Jeff Sims is probably the more. Um, Maybe not more physical, but I think he is the better runner. Um, but Yates is decisive enough that he can he can hit the hole and scramble and get positive yardage, whereas Jeff Sims seems to be more moving out of the pocket to try and throw deep. Um, which is, well, you know, it's it's a nuance of the game. Um, but like I said, I I feel like I feel like Jordan Yates is more decisive. Obviously, he's more efficient. He's completing seventy percent of his passes right now. Um, and he also, like you said, he's he's much more, um, I guess, confident with the ball. He doesn't put the ball into trouble trying to make a play. He's willing to hit the check down, um, and he's willing to run. So, obviously, five touchdowns, no interceptions. He's been very efficient. I think he gives you the best chance to win just because he's not going to put you in a position like Jeff Sims where he might make the splash play, but he's going to let the defense have at least one. Yeah. Um, Jeff Sims also had a, a, quite a bit of trouble with fumbling last year um, on top of the interceptions. So had, had one this, this year already too. First half exactly. against Northern Illinois. So, um, But I'm also curious as far as the tech offensive game plan is with, with Pat No to see how aggressive y'all are um, because Georgia, Georgia just tried to throw everything quick. Um, obviously South Carolina state, I think they hit a couple of 25, 30 yard passes downfield once we started to sub the second team and they're pretty heavy in the second, third quarters. Um, but I'm curious to see if you guys are going to be more, um, more like Georgia in the quick game and you're, you're checking down to Gibbs or you're throwing horizontally like screens and stuff to McGowan. Or if you're, if you're going after Carter and the boundary to try and mitigate the fact that we're, we're probably going to win some one-on-one matchups up front. Um, or if you guys are just kind of like, screw it, like, I mean, they have Andrew Booth and who else? And just attack Mario Goodrich on the other side. You know, last year when y'all scored, it was because Jalen Camp hit a very, very simple post route, and he left Mario Goodrich in the dust because Goodrich is looking in the backfield waiting on the handoff or something like that. I don't know what he was doing. He got cooked. <laughs> um, so it's a matter of if you guys can attack Mario Goodrich, go after Andrew McCuba, the freshman at safety. I think we're going to – we're well – I know that Nolan Turner is going to dress. He's supposed to start, supposed to play. Um, so just sort of curious to see if the holes in the secondary that 
I think are probably a known issue at this point. If you guys um, have the wherewithal to to stay away from the the quick game enough to really test it, um, yeah. because I think there's plays to be made back there if you can if you can block, um, which is obviously the the great equalizer. Right. Um, if, I, I I think you make a really good point there though because with Jeff. Um, we would hit a lot of quick outs, you know, quick five-yard digs, stuff like that. Anything that we try to go over the top, I think we lacked confidence in him to make those throws because he just – like in the Northern Illinois game, when he finally did cut it loose, he was 10 yards over. I mean, you got a guy wide open. The last thing – the number one rule was don't overthrow him, and he was overthrowing him. With Jordan, um, I mean, he's he, he'll – you know, if he, if he reads like – Kennesaw State did a lot of weird – like cover zero um, – kind of like you were seeing last night in the Monday night game where Jordan would know, okay, I got cover zero and he's hitting a hot route. Um, so I think he's much more uh, decisive like you were talking about in that. So I am, I am curious to see how we choose to attack that. Um, I don't know if we have a receiver where we can say, all right, you know, he can attack this guy. So I, I think that's kind of I, where I think, I think McGowan in the slot is probably your guy. Yeah. Um, because I feel confident with the people that we're going to throw out there in the nickel, depending on the offensive formation, if you guys are heavier, we're probably going to go Trenton Simpson, which I think is a advantageous matchup for McGowan because he's, he's, I mean, he has a lot better quickness. Simpson, once he gets going, I mean, he can, he can roll. It's just a matter of getting the, getting the wheels turning. Um, But I also think when you're going in the slot, you're either going to get him or you're going to get Malcolm green and Malcolm green is a, I think he's, I think he's a, a guy that he can play corner or he can play safety, um, sort of a, a hybrid there. But I don't think he's necessarily the type to uh, to really excel at both, if that makes sense. He's almost better as a nickel where he's kind of in between than being a straight-up safety and trying to come down and play the run or being a straight-up corner and trying to just cover for 40-something snaps a game. Right. Um, so I think there is probably – where the matchup is if you like I said it's just a matter of if you guys are willing to to put Jordan Yates back there and say hey they're they're gonna send some dudes at you and you just got to stand in there and make the throw Uh, because like you said last week there wasn't nearly as many um, I guess not on tape at least there wasn't quite as much roll in the pocket and getting him outside the tackles um, right. which I think is going to be a big part of the game plan this week. It, it, it just has to be. You've got to move. You've got to run him away from from Miles Murphy or Xavier yeah. Thomas. Um, but I think without getting too much into that, the only other thing I've noticed is that uh, old Scooter, he's played five games against ranked opponents thus far. He's played Clemson twice. He's played Georgia in 19. Um, he's played UCF last year and Notre Dame last year. Um, he hasn't won any of them, but that's not what scares me. Uh, the fact is that the average score of Tech against a ranked opponent is the opponent 51.4 and Tech 12.4. The closest game has been 31 to 13 against Notre Dame. So limited sample size, but even though you're not winning, that's not really the problem. The problem is that it's not close. And I feel yeah. like right now, after the bevy of transfers, you know, guys having a, another year in the system, the talent level has been raised. This is not a Paul Johnson team anymore. I think it's fair to say that there might be still some hangover and learning how to win. 
but it's not Paul Johnson's team in terms of the talent and the, the types of players on the roster. Um, so I no. think it's at the point where you got to be competitive. Like you said, if, if you lose by 14, you lose by 20, I mean, it sucks. But I think putting together drives and tech being competitive and showing that, you know, we're not going to completely roll over against a, a, a ranked opponent, good opponent. I think that's what you want to see first and foremost. I mean, yeah, you want to win, but you want to at least look like you belong on the same field. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, the first two years, I can almost kind of give them a break. Um, obviously, I, I think we are a lot closer to a group of five school in terms of talent when he first took over than we were to Georgia or Clemson. Um, so when you look at those two schools and those are the two schools that make up the majority of that five, uh, those five teams with a, the outside of UCF and Notre Dame, um, I can almost kind of give them that. Uh, the, the way last year went with Clemson is not something that I can really excuse. Um, that was pretty, pretty bad. So I'll definitely give you that point. Um, I, I really do think the roster was as bad as as uh, it, it seems, in my opinion, I, got, I don't think a lot of it was due to preparation or coaching. Um, I definitely think there's some of that to it. But, yeah, for sure, this year there's there's no excuse to have games like that. So against a, a, a top 10 team, um, you got to at least keep it competitive to this point. And, I mean, I won't get into, I guess, further down the schedule. But, yeah, this week got to be competitive. So that's a good point. Yeah, and I think – just to be clear, I'm not saying that any of the five losses to this point have been like, oh, that's a terrible loss. But I think we're at the point now where you gotta you gotta see a, a step forward is all Definitely. I'm saying. I'll give you that for sure. I, I'm on the same page. We gotta gotta see a step forward. All right, boys. Um at some point you're not we're not Duke, you know, we're not Vanderbilt. Um so at some point we've got to make that turn. Yeah, I was going to say the spread is Clemson uh, minus 28.5. You don't have to give a score prediction necessarily, but do you think – what do you think about the spread? I think it's – I think personally it's too high, given what I've seen from our offense. Um, If this – I mean, if this thing's clicking and DJ looks like he did in South Bend last year – yeah, I'm saying there's we'll we'll probably score 40, but I think in this game realistically, like if we score, I mean hell, if we get if we get in the mid 30s, I think that's probably our ceiling. Um, so I mean, and if we let's just say we score 34, uh, we would we would basically have to hold Tech to a touchdown to hit the spread. So I think I think that's a little bit a little bit much in my opinion. Um, but our defense is good, so I think I think it's realistic that you could see it being like a, you know, like a thirty-one to fourteen type game or something like that. But I think the spread's a little, eh, it's a little bloated for me. I would I take had, I would take Tech with the points. I had a headphone issue, so I didn't hear. I just saw your mouth moving. Just a brief. What was your question? Uh, I was just saying the spread is Clemson minus 28 and a half. And I was just asking, um, you don't have to give a score prediction or anything, but what do you think about the spread? Sam said he thinks it's too high. 
I hope it's too high. I hope to God it's too high. Um, I, I hope so. I, uh, I, I mean, I'm going to say somewhere. I, I was thinking more around 20, 21. I mean, I'm comfortable. I have no problems saying that. I think that's probably what realistically. So, yeah, I'd say it's hopefully it's a little too high in my opinion. I hear you. I think the game that we're about to talk about, I think the spread's about right. Maybe not even enough. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's just, that's kind of disrespectful. <laughs> well, if you if you put Zebula out there against Georgia's defense, dog, Dude, you're not yeah. period. Um all right, Davini. How do you wanna how do you wanna do this? You want me to me to start it off and you wanna hop in or or you wanna go and I'll hop in? Well, how do you wanna do it? You can start it off. I don't care. Um, okay. Uh I don't really know exactly where to start with this one. Um, you know, matchup wise, uh South Carolina is very outmatched. Uh Shane Beamer Beamer said in his press conference that this could be Georgia's best. Um, team ever, you know, just talent-wise, roster-wise. Um, so, obviously, pretty much anybody that plays Georgia is going to be outmatched. Um, you know, obviously, JT Daniels was out last game, probably will be back this next game, but it probably won't matter um, that much um, outcome-wise. You know, I don't think either starting quarterback matters, um, just – overall outcome wise. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see South Carolina's defensive line, how they can, uh, how they can compete against a very big offensive line for Georgia, very big talented offensive line. Um, you know, obviously early in the season, South Carolina's defensive line has been a strength. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they can, how they can match up against these guys. Um, our offensive line is gonna have is gonna have a day. Um, I think they're probably gonna spend a lot of time on their backs <laughs> or, or chasing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, we're gonna have to figure out some. We're at some point in the game preparation, we're gonna have to figure out how to run the ball. And I, I, I definitely think Kevin Harris is going to have a bigger, um, bigger impact on the game. He was on a snap count last game, I think. Um, he only had seven carries. Just still trying to get back from that little back procedure he had in the offseason. But I think he'll be um, good to go for this one. So hopefully he can come in and make a big impact. Um, you know, through the air, that, it scares me. Um, no matter who this who the quarterback is, because I'm still not sold on the receivers. You know, Josh Van has looked pretty good, but can he do it against uh, against DBs from um, from Georgia or just SEC DBs in general? Because we've gone against um, lesser competition, obviously. So that's another interesting thing. Can you know just can can these guys do it against SEC talent? I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I would really love to see Luke Doty come back and play this game. 
Uh, yeah, I said last week that you don't want to throw Doty out to the Wolves against Georgia as his first start of the season. Um, I was wrong. Uh, I take that back completely. That was dumb. Um, you definitely start Doty because in the grand scheme of things, um, you play Georgia and then you have an actual, you know, big game against Kentucky um, and Kentucky's looked really good. So you want you want Luke Doty to to have um, some experience or some some reps against uh, against SEC level talent, SEC talent, you know, this year. Since he played a little bit last year, but you want you want him to come back off that foot, you know, get comfortable, even if it is against Georgia, um, so we can we can move on to the rest of the season after this one. Um, but yeah, what you got, Davini? Yeah, I mean, uh, just to piggyback off that a little bit, um, I do think uh, it was defensive line will give our O-line troubles a little bit. Um, not saying being like a dominant force type deal, but, right. you know, y'all's defense a lot is actually, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it'll be a, you know, y'all win a rep, we win a, win a rep. No one's really completely dominant either way up front, uh, at least on that side of the ball. The other side is going to be a different story, obviously, but um, – yeah, yeah our, our offensive line still uh, in the works. Um, I said last week or a couple weeks ago, it's not going to look the same midway through the season. Um, we're still looking at looking at guys uh, to move in at guard. Um, Erickson, we want him to get healthy, and we we just don't really know what we're doing on the line right now. We're just throwing out what we did against Clemson because it worked or it did good enough. Right. It great, but it did good enough. That's who we put out against UAB. I'm assuming we're going to do the same thing against y'all. Um, but, you know, offensive-wise, I want to see a more dominant run game. Last year we were able to run the ball um, quite well against y'all in that defensive front. So, hopefully – well, to to be fair, that was a yeah absolutely was, shredded team. <laughs> that we was barely had, we barely had enough scholarship players to play that game. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I want to see a little more, more dominance in the run game. Um, you know, didn't run that much against UAV because we just were able to throw it 40, 30, 40 yards down the field to a wide open guy. So right, um, I think it's going to be competitive um the first quarter first two quarters to be honest with you I don't think it's going to be a blowout early I think it's going to be a one two score game going in the half um you know and then I think you know late a lot the latter part of the third quarter is when it'll start to tell away but I don't think it's going to be a blowout up front like it was last weekend against UAB um you know uh y'all's running back group is really good I was going to ask you about Kevin Harris. I didn't know what his deal was. He really hasn't done much. Um, we didn't. He, he didn't play the first game, and then he was on a he was kind of on a snap count last game. Um, still just coming back, getting back into full contact and everything like that. Um, but he's full go this game. I mean, he was full go last game. They just didn't want to push it, you know, because he's gonna we're gonna 
we're gonna be riding the bus these when now that we're starting SEC play. Yeah, I think you're gonna have to rely heavily on that run game too because I did uh, look up after the um, East Carolina game because I watched a lot of that game and it was just like I said earlier it was hard to watch but the reason I say that is because. Y'all would have a couple good plays and then just stop down the track. Y'all couldn't keep the ball moving downfield. Like right. on third down this year, y'all are nine for 25. Yeah. That's 33% on third down um, conversions. So um, I think that's going to be a big in, – in order for y'all to keep it competitive, y'all are going to have to have long drives of eight, ten plays or more, um, even just go down and get three points. Um, you can't do what y'all did last week and give up freebies, give us field position because it'll get ugly quick. Uh, right. But I feel like it definitely can be competitive. I don't, I don't think it's going to be like last year at all. Um, but I'm interested to see uh, on Georgia's side who they uh, put out there um, out wide on the corners because uh, Ringo's gotten – uh, more snaps than uh, Amir Speed has. Um, so it's looking like he's going to be the guy opposite of DK. Um, so I want to I see what that is. And I got another uh, prediction for later in the year or even the next couple games. Um, Quay Walker and Dakota Dean are starting uh, inside linebackers right now. I think Channing Tindall is going to take uh, Quay Walker's spot. Um, I feel like that's already happened. Has it not? No, it hadn't happened because – because um, Tyndall's Tyndall's playing with his hair on fire. Yes, I mean is. out there flying around, boy. He's yeah, also he, like twenty five. <laughs> it was like uh, you were talking about Trotter, who takes advantage of his snaps. Tyndall's been doing that the first couple games. Um, I mean, he's second on the team in tackles, and he doesn't even start. All right, so. all right, all right. But back back to the game. Back uh, to back to the game. Um, what you're saying, yeah, we're gonna have to run the ball. We can't. We have we've had trouble sustaining drives, be kind of because of that. I don't know why. Um, you know, Satterfield has been kind of hard headed going up the middle, and then kind of towards the end of the game versus East Carolina, we started doing some kind of zone stretch type runs, um, which for which were way more successful, um, especially with Juju McDowell out there. Because uh, he's a fast guy, but all of our running backs are pretty fast. You know, you saw even even Kevin Harris has that breakaway speed from last year. But we're definitely going to have to run the ball to be able to sustain drives. Um, I think Luke Doty gives you a chance in that he'll give you, you know, a, maybe a second longer for things to develop to to maybe make something happen. I mean, if Zeb Nolan's out there, he's he might die. I really think that he might pass away um, because that defense is going to be all over him. He can't move much. He's made some mistakes on um, on protection shifts and stuff like that um, in the East Carolina game. He made some just bad reads on, on run pass options. Um, so, you know, you need a guy like Luke Doty out there to, to kind of give you a chance to keep it competitive uh, if we want to even have a chance like you said we got to limit all the dumb stuff we did last game like the fumbles on at the 
all the fumbles in general, um, you know, the bobble catches, you just, just catch the ball, secure it, score a touchdown. Um, yeah, I mean, it could get ugly. If we can get some turnovers, we could keep it uh, semi-close. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's not a game that we really have a chance on. You know, you go back to 2019, um, but that's, you know, that's an anomaly. That's not the rule. You know, that's uh, that'll happen once every hundred thousand times. Um, so, you know, I expect this to be a loss, but um, hopefully I'll learn things in a positive way. You know, I could always learn things in a negative way if we get beat by, you know, 40 points, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty pretty uh similar to Sam and I. So I think we're both in a situ similar situation, Jacob. But uh yeah. we'll see. So y'all want to get into some picks? Yeah, I wanna um Divinny, what do you think about the spread? 31 and a half, by the way, for anybody that doesn't know that's listening. Georgia minus 31 and a half. 30 is um I don't know because if Zeb started, um, I probably would have said it was too high. Um, but the fact that Luke Doty might come out there um, for the first live snaps against an opponent all year is Georgia's defense. Um, I don't think that's going to be the best thing in the world. Yeah, listen, let's not worry about Buddy's foot. Let's worry about his neck <laughs> <laughs> with that defensive line. Yeah. I mean, that's just – does he have health insurance? <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. Well, let's – I mean, we could, look, we could look at his stats for last year's Georgia game. He didn't play too bad, to be completely honest with you. He threw for like 75%. I also don't think he threw a pass over about seven yards. Because wasn't he, he like did. 15 for 19 or something with like 100 yards? I mean, I forget his exact stats, but he threw I mean, a nice yeah. – I remember a nice touch, touch pass – not touchdown pass, but touch pass down the sideline to Nick Muse. Um, he's shown stuff. Um, obviously, he's not a complete product, but I think, you know, he, def he definitely gives us a better chance than Zeb Nolan. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's just like just coming out of the gate is the first game of the year. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah, but those, those first live snaps I mean that defense is tough. Yeah, I mean, but there, there's nothing that Zeb Nolan's done to this at to this point that I'm like, wow, Luke Doty could not have done that. Luke Doty couldn't have made that throw. Luke Doty couldn't have, you know, I mean. I mean, do you think Zeb starts and then Luke Doty comes in after like the first drive or something? I don't know. This is the this is the trouble of recording on a Tuesday, um, and the games on Saturday. A lot more information. Yeah. yeah. Um. So saying it now, I have no idea. I hope Luke Doty starts. Um, like I said, hey, I, want, I want I want the Zeb Nolan story to be over. He, you know, he did what he needed to do while Luke Doty was hurt. But you know, let's get back to uh, you know our best our best shot at having a quarterback for you know the future. Because you want to record Zeb's like two guy. two versions, and then Friday when you if you learn more uh, information, you can just. Throw one out there. <laughs> one, delete the other. Yeah. Um, it ought to be posted by, by Friday. So. You can go like, bro, I knew Tuesday. I knew what the deal was Tuesday. I recorded yeah. this Tuesday. Uh, but, yeah, going back to the spread, I'm not saying we're going to 
go out there and drop 50 on y'all. Um, I'm just saying defensive-wise, I don't think we're going to give up more than 10 points. Um, so, I mean. No, yeah, I definitely see that. Um, I was, 30, yeah, I, I was, I, I was just thinking 31 and a half is a little high. My, my thought, because our defense right now is, is way better than our defense was playing y'all last year. Um, my thought, just like a, a quick score, would be like 38 10 or like would, would somewhere, somewhere around there is, is a score I would be comfortable taking. Yeah. Like 35, 35, 10, 31. I kind of like the 38 to 10 number. I feel I feel like that's viable. The spread's tricky because I think I think the spread's high. It could be. But I mean a 38-10 is not not that different than a 31 point spread. But I mean, yeah, but that's why I hate spreads sometimes because you know you could have the spread late in the game and then yeah. Y'all score a touchdown with like three or four minutes left. Yeah, you know. So obviously, it's probably going to be on the safer high side. Um, yeah, but I think yeah. for a solid three um, quarters, it's going to be a more competitive game than thirty-one points. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. I'm thirty-one right off the bat. Yeah, but you know, all that aside, I think we all assume Georgia's going to win this game. Um, I'm very excited to see how our defense plays against. Georgia, because obviously they've played very good up to this point. Um, they've only allowed two third down conversions um, through the two games. Um, yeah, they're just playing really good. Defensive line has been dominant. We'll see. I'll be really interested to see how all that holds up against Georgia. So it'll be fun. But uh, yeah, with that being said, I guess we can hop into. The, the, these questions or the trivia, whatever it is, whoever whoever wrote these, go for it. Sam threw in a couple and I added a couple as well. I'll go ahead and start off with mine. Um, so I just the first one I just want to do right off the bat is just kind of general FBS history. Um, let me see what y'all think. Which team has the most first round NFL draft picks ever? I'm going to go A or B, maybe A and B. A is Ohio State, B, Alabama, C is Miami. Yes, yeah, so just say, just say the name. Make yeah, it okay, easier on the listeners. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Ohio State or Alabama. I, I, yeah. They can't, they can't be differentiated by much. I'm going, I'm going USC. If Notre Dame was on this list, I'd pick Notre Dame in a heartbeat. But I'm, 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 I'm taking Southern Cal. I'm going to go – yeah, I'm going to go Alabama. Um, I think Alabama's run has been just so dominant. That's just my gut. It could be wrong, though, because, you know, these questions are kind of tricky. Ohio State's just had so many first-rounders, if you yeah. think about it. But um, I'm going to go with Alabama or Ohio State, so. Sam is right. It was Southern Cal. Oh, my oh. gosh. Well, is that, like, all well, time? Sam looked it up. Yeah, so. it's all time. Okay. I didn't look it up. <laughs> um, that was just a gut feel. <laughs> well, do you know who has the most draft picks of all time? I'm thinking Notre Dame. Who y'all got? 
No idea. It's going to be it's someone Notre, weird. It's Notre Dame. Oh, it USC is Notre Dame. right behind them. Yeah. I'm telling you, bro. Don't. <laughs> Their brand is just for so long has just been what it is. You know who has the most wins all time? Um, Michigan. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, wow. All right, don't um, what's, what's the next play with me? What's, we'll move on, we'll move on to the, uh, the second question here. Um, so there's only one Power 5 school out of the 64 that will play at more than one group of five teams' home stadium. So, like, South Carolina played at ECU this weekend. Well, there's a team is doing that twice this year. Is it Florida? They played at South Florida this past week. No, it's not Florida. Do they play like at UCF or something? No, it's not Florida. Can we get can we get a conference? ACC. Uh figures. Um <laughs> uh, gotta be Duke. Duke played at Charlotte, bro. Is it Duke or is it Syracuse? It's neither? Neither. Uh, I don't know how I'm supposed to know this. You're not. That's why we're taking guesses. Is it? Is it a, a tobacco road team? A what? A tobacco coastal, road team. Coastal or Atlantic? Um, he don't know. He don't know. Atlantic, maybe. So Pittsburgh, potentially. Potentially. Boston College. Yep. That makes sense. That, that's on brand, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the Boston fact that it's not Duke is way more surprising. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised it's not Duke because I think Cutcliffe has just given up. Duke is Duke with a Y. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. What's next? Um. So through two games, there's only one SEC team that has a player that's top five in the conference in passing yardage, rushing yardage, receiving yardage, and total sacks. Who is it? And the hint here is that this is the only team in the SEC that is undefeated in conference play. So hey, There's one well, team in the only one top team. five. It's Kentucky. Yeah, there's only one team undefeated in the SEC. <laughs> there's only been one SEC game, so it yeah. has to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, what's good, interesting bro. is when you think about Kentucky, you think about them being like above average on defense, good offensive line, terrible quarterback. That's what you think of Kentucky as. But no, they got Will so Levis. Bro. Levis kind of going crazy. Yeah, he's he missing passing yardage. Um, but they have two receivers in the top five. Um, I pre- I think Chris Rodriguez is either second or third in the SEC. Also. Tank Bigsby does not lead Auburn in any rushing category. I saw that. I saw they that. have a freshman who's averaging like 15 and a half yards a carry. He's got touchdown runs of 94 and 77. <laughs> He's going crazy. But then again, they played Akron and Alabama State. Yeah. yeah. Tank probably comes out like second quarter anyway. So. Oh, yeah. Tank just goes out there, does what he needs to do, and then goes and drinks Powerade. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I said last week, I think Kentucky's going to be number two in the East. So, yeah, so that's probably a good call. 
I mean, uh, not to get too far off track, but I, I don't think that's uh, I don't know how to say this without. I don't think that's that great of a feat. Well, you got Florida. I yeah, you gotta you gotta win. I mean, you don't even have to beat Florida to get second. Yeah, but to be like the second best team, you have to be better than like. You know, not not really. I mean, a great feat compared to what though? Like, what are you comparing it to? I'm just the, saying, like the the, the East second, is not the, the East sec- is the second best team in the East would run through the ACC. Oh, yeah, I mean, especially this year for sure. But I, I I'm not. I'm just so saying it means they're not. pretty good. If they're second, but the East. ACC is comparatively so garbage that yeah. they're they're probably not that great. But if you can, but run I digress. Through, but if you can, if if you're second in a sub division of a conference or in a, I mean the east is just not that good right now why why not Kentucky's good Florida's good Georgia's good Missouri's Georgia's Georgia's really good and then Florida is is pretty good we're gonna see for real this weekend how they are yeah I, I mean they're still running two they're, quarterbacks they're about they're about to get absolutely abused <laughs> And then outside Saban, of that, Saban has been cussing them out for weeks because they're not taking it serious enough when they play Mercer or when they <laughs> go at twenty-seven zip on Van, on Miami. Like doggy, Florida's Florida's about to absolutely get it, no doubt. Yeah. All right, Sam. What's the next one? All right. Um, Last question I have is I have four quarterbacks and I have their stats here. I'm curious to know if you guys can guess which one is Bo Nix and if you can guess who the other three are. First quarterback is 50 of 65. That's a 77% completion percentage. He's got 547 yards, six tutties, two interceptions. Um, he's got 12 carries for 36 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Any guesses on that one? That's that's not Bo. Not Bo. How are well, I'm going to sit this one out because I already know it. Oh, really? I, I, I would guess he'd be in the 70s just based off who they played. I don't think he's at a 77% completion. And I also don't think he's thrown 65 pass attempts, so I don't think that's him. Um, more on par for Bo would be in the – 40 pass attempts range just for what they've been doing and with their running back. So I'm going to go, I don't think he's 62% completion rate. I mean, still that's done 61 attempts. I don't know. I'd say he's in the a 29 for 39 kind of guy right now. Yeah. <laughs> who they planted to. Yeah. So, well, the next quarterback is 38 of 61. That's a 62.5% completion percentage. He's got 560 yards, four touchdowns, three picks. He's run 24 times for 139 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the third quarterback we have here, 29 of 39. That's 74.5%. 383 through the air, five touchdowns, no picks. Only run five times for 30 yards. And the last quarterback we have is 46 of 65. That's a little over 70%, almost 71. He's got 571 through the air, seven touchdowns, no interceptions, four carries, no yards. Are these 
um, all quarterbacks' stats, or they were made up? No, these are all real. Okay. So is, is one of those guys Spencer Rattler? Yes. Okay, I, it's got to be the guy with three interceptions. False. Spencer Rattler is the top one at 77% with six touchdowns and two picks. Oh, yeah, he has two picks. I thought – oh, he, he didn't throw one against Western Carolina. So, I guess he only threw two against Tulane. Correct. Okay, all right. Um, I'm trying to figure out who the guy running for 139 yards is. Is, it's, is it Richardson? No. He, I think he had more rushing yards than that in the last game. Richardson is leading Florida in rushing yards. With like I was going to say, he, he's been toting it. He's he has also, 11 carries for 270. He's also throwing that piece too, bro. Um, Shawty was five for five for 150 and two touchdowns. I'm going to go back to one of our podcasts last year where I said Richardson was going to end up playing over – um, what's his face, Emory? They still haven't made that decision though, because now they have. He said, Emory Jones. He said Emory Jones has been. Yeah. Emory Jones has been hella efficient too. Yeah. All right, but great. which which one of four picks? Which one of these is is Bo Nix? I'm gonna go the third guy. I think he's a 40 attempt passer guy right now. Like I just don't see him throwing it 65 times in two games. Fair enough. Any other guesses? Mm, sure that's fine with me i don't know i don't know so yeah said said's right uh bo nix has not run the ball bo nix has not thrown to the other team yet which is very unbo nix like that is very unbo nix and hard on uh, bo so that surprises me but that leaves two quarterbacks so who's got seven touchdowns no interceptions no rushing yards can you and who's the other guy that's throwing 62 percent with 139 and two touchdowns on the ground is one of those Matt Corral? No. Can you give the conference? He threw 60 passes in one game. <laughs> one is SEC, one is ACC. Is one Sam Howell? Yes. Um, oh, no. It's, it's, the, it's the 62% it's, passing. It ha- yeah, I mean, it has to be. We <laughs> watched Sam Howell throw three picks yeah. against, Virginia against Virginia Tech. Tech yeah. 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 SEC. So um, who is who is homeboy over here throwing the rock? Will Levis. No. Is this uh, Arkansas's quarterback? Bryce Young. No. It's not Arkansas's quarterback. No, it's not. No, it's not. Um. Mazelak? No. Well, it's not Zebediah. <laughs> It's definitely not Zebediah. Um, A&M's QB got hurt. I'll give you a hint. It's not Rodgers. Do, do you guys need a hint? Yeah. Uh, he's the NIL GOAT right now. It's Bryce Young. It's Bryce Young. I said Bryce Young. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. That was the first it, dude I guessed. He did throw out Bryce Young, but that seems like too – too obvious, but damn. That boy ain't got no rushing yards. He don't have to. He don't have to go anywhere. No, he don't need to go everybody's anywhere. Everybody's wide open right now, dog. Yeah, he doesn't need to go anywhere. He's got four guys out there all wide open that run a four three. He can just let them let them tote it. All right, yeah, let's hop into the picks for this week. 
Sam, if you want to yeah, so, send it off. <laughs> so last week we had um, a lot of parody amongst us. Um, we pretty much had all the same picks except for Sid took Iowa State, um, which didn't turn out great. I took and Iowa. Then he took BYU, which turned out a lot better. Excuse me, Jacob had Iowa State. I was about to say, him ass. Um, um but yes so this week we have a lot of uh interesting matchups should i say uh the first one being cincinnati going on the road as a three and a half point favorite against indiana um i'm taking cincinnati here indiana got absolutely throttled by iowa who's not a very good offensive team um Cincinnati has a pretty good secondary. Uh, I just – I don't like what I've seen from Indiana. Vinny, you're up. You're, you're in the lead, my boy. Um, yeah, I'm taking uh, Cincy. Uh, their defense is still uh, pretty good. They had a lot of guys return um, from last year on their pretty pretty dominant defense. So, I'm going Cincy. I'm, I'm also going Cincy, so – yeah, me too. I'm also going Cincy for the same reasons, because they're good. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, next game, we have Virginia Tech uh, at West Virginia. And West Virginia is a three-point favorite in this game, despite Virginia Tech being ranked 15th in the country. Uh, a little bit of an interesting line here. I'm going Virginia Tech. They actually just lost their tight end, who's been kind of a Swiss Army knife, James Mitchell. Uh, I believe he tore his ACL. Not really sure what the issue was, but he's hurt. He's done for the year. Um, I don't know much about West Virginia, but the fact that they're a three-point favorite seems um, incorrect to me. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going Virginia Tech here as well. Yeah, some some don't seem right, even though they just lost James Mitchell. He's a big weapon for them, but I'm, I'm going to take Virginia Tech too. Yeah, I mean, it almost it almost makes you want to take West Virginia. <laughs> it almost makes you want to ask if it's a mistake. I'm gonna take. You know what? I'm gonna take West Virginia just just because. You know, just just this. I mean, I'm in. I'm almost in last place. I'm getting killed. So risk it for the biscuit, baby. Yeah, that's better than actually being in last place, like somebody I know. <laughs> But uh, nonetheless, onward, uh, we have an interesting game here. Michigan State traveling to Miami. Miami's almost a touchdown favorite here at six and a half. Um, thus far, Michigan State's looked pretty daggum good. Um, they played both quarterbacks in each game thus far, and the stats are pretty similar, but they have Kenneth Walker the third, who's got 30 carries for 321 yards and five touchdowns. Uh, so he's going for 10.7 a carry. Um, Who is that? Michigan State's running back? Yeah, he's a transfer from Wake Forest. And uh, he's he's toting that thing right now. And uh, I just lack all confidence in Miami um, at all times. So, yeah, I'm, I, I'm taking Kenneth Walker for probably 150 yards. And – I'm taking I'm taking Sparty here. Yeah, I'm taking uh, Michigan State as well. Miami almost lost uh, to App State last weekend. 
Um, so yeah. Yeah, but App State handled ECU. Uh, anyways, so uh, I'm gonna take Michigan State as well. I was really pulling hard for App State um, against Miami. I think if uh, my Miami takes a little little bit of a quick nosedive, Manny Diaz is out. So I would be all for that. So uh, I'm gonna go Michigan State. Um, you know what? I think I'm going to go Miami. I, I think I'm going to go Miami. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Miami here. Um, yeah, they barely beat App State. I think App State is actually a pretty good football team. Um, no, they are. They are pretty good. And you know, Michigan State hasn't showed me a whole bunch. I mean, I didn't watch their game last week, but I watched them play. Um. Northwestern. Like, yeah, I watched them play Northwestern, and Northwestern just looked really bad in themselves. So I'm just going to go Miami. We'll see. The well, good thing is we get to pick Northwestern here coming up, Jacob. So Yeah, great foreshadowing there. <laughs> uh, next game we have up is another snoozer, to be honest. we got Purdue going to Notre Dame. Um, the Fighting Irish are a seven-point favorite here. Despite Notre Dame looking absolutely atrocious against Toledo and then Florida State losing to Jacksonville State, pretty much <laughs> confirming that Florida State did not, in fact, play well against Notre Dame. It's just that both teams suck. Um, I'm going to take Notre Dame here, even though I feel like this is a prime game for them to lose. So, Jacob, I know that since you're going against the grain here, you might as well just go ahead and pick Purdue. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm going to go Notre Dame. Um, you know, Purdue's not doing it for me here. I'm going to reluctant, reluctantly take Notre Dame. Uh, they're definitely, they definitely probably shouldn't be ranked number 12 in the country right now. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take Notre Dame. I think odds are higher that they both <laughs> lose and Notre Dame looks impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. Uh, I this I'm just uh you know what give me Purdue they they clapped they clapped <laughs> UConn which is terrible and they also beat Oregon State so give me the Bullmakers which is and, also terrible <laughs> yeah I, but but I mean oh. Notre Dame beat two bad teams as well and barely and barely at that yeah so I mean shit yeah give me Purdue. <laughs> So next game up is, I think, going to be pretty easy to call. We got Bama minus 15 and a half traveling to the swamp. Um, do I even need to tell you who I'm picking? Because it's not Florida. <laughs> Can we just skip this, this game? Yeah. We have to throw it in there because Florida's, what, number 11? No, I'm saying, yeah. I'm saying like, what we pick because I think we're all going to – Oh, yeah. Let's just, let's just all go Bama. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Alabama. Looks like Jacob took Florida. No, I'm not taking – definitely not <laughs> Definitely not taking Florida. It's, uh, that's what it says on the, the, the sheet. Um, I'm interested to see what Florida does against Alabama. I mean, I definitely think Alabama's going to beat the hell out of them, but, you know, we'll see. Um, so, yeah, next game is the uh, – this is the toilet bowl. We got Northwestern minus three going to Duke. Um. Who gives a shit? 
Yeah, these two fan bases don't because they don't exist. Um, Duke has a good running back, and I think that's it. So I'm going <laughs> to take Northwestern because they're favorite. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this, this might be notch analysis. You're not going to get this anywhere. <laughs> I think this might be the first and last time I ever picked Duke. Yes. Yes, I knew someone was going to pick Duke, bro. All right. Even though they lost to Charlotte. What the bad thing is, is I'm going to pick Northwestern here. And it's because I don't know anything about them. But I do know Duke. <laughs> and I know enough They gave about... up four touchdowns to Michigan State's running back. Okay, I know that. But I also know more about Duke. And what I know about Duke is that they are bad. So They have a good running back. Mateo Durant's pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but they don't have anything else. So I'm going to go Northwestern. Yeah, um, I'm also going Northwestern. You know, uh, Duke's running back has been good against um, Charlotte and North Carolina A&T this year. Um, so, that, you know, doesn't say a whole lot, but I'm going Northwestern. They both suck, so we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, Who sucks as, as we said, this is this is truly the toilet bowl. Um, so next game on the slate, we got Virginia going to Chapel Hill to see North Carolina. UNC's minus nine in this game is a favorite, and uh, I think Virginia's going to give them the business. I think this should probably be Virginia minus nine. I don't know uh, what to pick here, Jacob. You you go ahead. We'll sit next. So. Said go. Um, I'm I'm honestly gonna follow Sam up there with that one. I'm gonna go with Virginia as well. I think they're the better team right now. Uh, North North Carolina's got some things to figure out still. So, Davini, you ready, bro? Because I you. still have, dude. I have no idea. <laughs> um, I wanna I wanna pick North Carolina because you know. They've been good, but they're not really good, that good right now. Um, you just can't lose that much production in one offseason and then come back and expect to be the same. So, uh, I'm going to go Virginia here, too. Sell out. Mm. I watched uh, a little bit of the Virginia game, actually, just because it came on at 11, which was awesome. I wish it could we could do that every weekend. Um Illinois was bad. Very. Illinois is really bad. And Virginia uh, gave them the business. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go to UNC right here. Nice. Like nice. It. So, next one up is uh, game day is going to Happy Valley. You got Auburn going up there. Penn State minus six in this one. I'm not – I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid on Brian Harson yet. Um, Penn State's looked a lot better. Their defense looks pretty good. Uh, Sean Clifford had a lot of turnover issues last season, um, but not not so far. So, yeah, Penn State. All right. Um, I think I'm going to ride with Auburn. 
It just means more. I think I'm going to ride with Auburn. Um, I think this is going to be a good game. This is Auburn's first test. Penn State's already had a – I guess you can call it a test against Wisconsin. Um, mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm going to go – I'm gonna go all barn. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Penn State for the hell of it. So, yeah, give me, give me Penn State. I want Auburn to lose, but just for second picks. I, I'm also gonna go with Penn State. Um, I expect Bo Nix to begin his streak of Bo Nixing in big games <laughs> again. Um, I'm not. I'm also not sold on Brian Harson yet. They haven't played anybody but high school teams. Let's go, Penn State. All right, so last game, a um, little late-night action. Arizona State minus three-and-a-half going to see BYU in Provo. Uh, Divinity got lucky on the BYU thing last week. They beat Utah for the first time in, I think, seven years or eight years. Something something kind of crazy. Nice. Um, but, yeah, I uh, – I'm going to take Arizona State here. I don't have a reason, but I think their jerseys are pretty cool. <laughs> um, I think I am going to pick Arizona State as well. Um, I'm, all, I'm, I'm also going Arizona State. I'm nervous to double down on BYU. Yeah, so, I just – this is this is a difficult one because um, just pick BYU. Just be the guy to go against the grain again. Because you know Jaden Daniels for Arizona State's pretty good, but he also is their leading rusher. Um, what is what have their running backs done this year? They have Joseph and got his younger brother Daniel, who's got a touchdown or two. Yeah, I'm gonna say Arizona, I'm gonna say Arizona State. Nice. Clean sweep for Arizona State because, let's be honest, if you're cheating in the offseason, you should probably win more games. That's true. Um, yeah, and that will conclude our picks for week three of, co- of the college football season. Um, you know, we didn't – we obviously didn't include the Georgia versus South Carolina and Georgia Tech Clemson picks in there because uh, it didn't really make sense to. We all know who's going to win those games. Um but we yeah, could have done like they, a, they still got to play them. We could have done like a, all right, are they going to cover or not? But I mean, I think we did. I think we did. Yeah, yeah we so. kind of did. Um, but yeah, I you, think both teams will cover. But oh, Sam, you got to do who are we saying something nice about this week? Oh, yeah. Um, so Clay Helton is fired. Um, so there's a lot of speculation as to who's going to be the next coach out there. Um, so I just want us all to say something nice about USC. Ooh. Um, recent USC, please don't tell me that uh, Reggie Bush was cold. Please don't do that. <laughs> Can I say, uh, Troy Palomalu? Um, I think that's even less recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, all right, Sam, we'll start us off. What do you got to get to say about USC? Um, I think it's pretty cool that they have a live mascot. He twirls his, his sword around and 
sticks hitting the ground. They also had a blind long snapper. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, he's good at golf, which doesn't make sense, but we won't get into that. What? <laughs> yeah, swear to God, he's on my TikTok all the time. But anyways, um, random... <laughs> dude, you're not going to breeze over that. <laughs> random. I've fact. seen, I've pro- seen that, I've seen that too. Yeah, they line him up, bro, and he smacks. They line him up, and he just swings, just smacks it. Yeah, bro. Um, he... But yeah, getting off topic. Let's see something nice about USC. <laughs> um, they have... USC. Um, USC got JT Daniels to reclassify to a class before, um, to go to USC and then he transferred and he tours ACL and then he transferred to Georgia and he's about to tear up South Carolina probably this weekend. That's not really nice, but it's just a correlation. <laughs> that's all I got for him. And that's cool. I guess. I think it was pretty cool. They fired Lane Kiffin on an airplane tarmac. Oh yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's, that's that's very cool. cool. Very and cool Clay, for Lane Kiffin as well. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> that's Clay, kind of didn't, Clay didn't get that treatment, so um, you know you're not Lane Kiffin, dog. <laughs> All right, what, do, what do y'all have? Wow, you couldn't just okay. thank him. You, you couldn't just, just roast. See, roast. I took I took yours. You could have just thanked him for JT Daniels. Um. Um. Yeah, just – I mean, at least they thought enough of Caden Slovis to put him in and then send JT to Athens. So um, I'll change I'll change my nice thing. Um, it's, it's really cool that – it's really cool and appreciated that um, there's an ongoing argument about who the real USC is when everybody thinks it's Southern Cal anyways. So that's cool. Yeah, George is yeah, playing junior this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, favorite, we're off. I think my favorite one, and this is an Ike. I, I'm not saying it's I, – I don't know where it came from, but the Carl's Jr., that one gets me. I, 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 I think that one's funny. But <laughs> All right, whatever. I, I don't stand for – I meant no disrespect. I, I don't know where it came no, from. No, I don't stand for this slander on my podcast. Okay, we're ending it right here. Thank you. Anybody who's still listening, thank you. The stuff they're saying about South Carolina is not true. Don't listen to them. Cox by 90, baby. Let's go.